Hi there, I'm Bevan Thompson and welcome to the Wellbeing Wiz Omnicast. What is an Omnicast? Well, an Omnicast is a video podcast. It's also an audio podcast. It's also a blog on my website. It's many, many things. It's more than just a podcast, basically. And I'm the Wellbeing Wiz. I'm an anxiety coach who helps people manage their anxiety and start to live a better life. Now, what qualifies me for this, you're asking? Well, I used to suffer very badly from anxiety myself around maybe 10 years ago. Um, I had all the symptoms you could think of, the sort of sweaty palms, the dizzy head, the random thoughts, racing thoughts. It turned to depression. It was essentially a living nightmare. And I spent a long time with doctors going through things like hypnotherapy. I tried tablets. I tried a lot of the different solutions. And I found the only thing that helped me was, was starting to go back to the start, work out how my thoughts worked, work out how they were creating my emotions, how I was creating this anxiety. And what I did, I, I created a framework and kind of cured myself. That led on to me thinking, hang on a minute, other people should benefit from this. And the Wellbeing Wiz was born. I set up as a coach, helping people manage their anxiety and helping them live a better life, as I say. The Omnicast every week is about sharing tips about this, interviewing other people about their anxiety, me talking about ways to understand anxiety and how to cure it, and essentially just a place where you can learn more about uh, anxiety itself and, and sort of sharing a lot of people's experience with it. Welcome to the Wellbeing Wiz Omnicast episode 18 and we are continuing with Fierce Female February even though it's March which is a little strange thing. A lot of people have really enjoyed the interviews we've been doing with these fierce females and I said you know what let's carry them on into March. So today on episode 18 I've got a great guest. We've got a lady called Rebecca Barr. She is a mindset and business coach. She's also a mom. She's also an entrepreneur, a businesswoman with several businesses I've just found out. And well, it's great to have you here. Hi, Rebecca, how are you? Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me. What a great intro. Yeah, so essentially, I just like to do all the things. All the <laughs> and things. I like to involve myself in everything. So <laughs> that's kind of how I've got to where I am. <laughs> that's, that's the best I've found. You know what? At the moment, everyone's lucky to have a few different things on the go in case, like, your mate, like we were talking about before, in case your main thing collapses, you've got a few things going on, and that's always useful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always encourage people to have more than one revenue stream. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's kind of um, something I specialize in, actually, with my clients. So I work with um, female entrepreneurs that are perhaps completely burnt out from their current um, like businesses, which is definitely a place that I've been before. Um, but rather than sort of, you know, scaling down the dreams and the ambitions and just sort of going for an easy life, I do believe that you can have it all. It's just a case of you know, making sure that you're working in alignment, having proper structures and processes in place and exploring every opportunity for passive income streams. So it's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. And then you can also have 100 children like me <laughs> and get involved in absolutely everything. It's great. <laughs> Superwoman. There we go. Amazing. So we've got loads to talk about today. So you know what the podcast's about and you know you know what I'm all about. I obviously uh, manage people's and help people manage their anxiety, talk about anxiety on the podcast. Is it something that you've kind of experienced in the past or had sort of flirtations with, so to speak? Oh, definitely. I think um, not necessarily at a point where it has absolutely stopped me from moving forward in life. I'm very fortunate with that but I've certainly um you know dealt with nerves and um, imposter syndrome and situations where I'm entirely out of my comfort zone and absolutely winging it and just 
um, you know, constantly pushing myself forward. So it is uncomfortable, but I've kind of accepted that that is part of the journey. Um, and when I am in that state where I'm feeling super uncomfortable, that's where the growth happens. So I almost welcome it actually, rather than, um, you know, cause I think what's the alternative It's that I'm totally bored, disengaged. I'm not challenged or, you know, I'm not growing. I'm not doing anything exciting. Um, so I always see it in a positive light, to be honest. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably just already. me. <laughs> it's going to be an excellent episode already. It's, it is that. I love that. Yeah, because um, anxiety is just a normal emotion. Anxiety It's like all the rest. I, you know, I, I tell my clients like joy. It's like happiness. It's like anything. You're going to get some in your life. It's about learning how to manage it. It's about seeing it for what it is. And like you've just said, you know, without it, you wouldn't be pushing the envelope. You wouldn't be like sort of, you know, trying your hardest. So that, that's really interesting. So how... How have you seen it manifest in, in your work then, sort of anxiety in general or even imposter syndrome, things like that? Well, I think I have essentially had so many different like evolutions to, to myself and to my journey. Um, so even just moving into the corporate workplace, that's not an environment that's obviously before I was a business owner. That wasn't something that I was used to. I didn't come from a family with any money or ambitions or success. So just being in that environment was so alien to me. I can't, I in, instantly felt intimidated. Everybody was younger than me. Um, you know, I had really awful bosses, <laughs> um, which just, you know, I, but I always think that that's um, a good experience in the sense that it helps you to earn your stripes. Once you've dealt with horrible bosses that you just probably wouldn't get away with saying things now, like, you know, that was a good learning curve for me. I learned from the school of hard knocks. Um, so yeah so and then obviously I've evolved from there so I became a business owner um not necessarily again through my own choice that was kind of the universe taking matters into its own hands and uh, uh essentially I wasn't able to work um so I've kind of mentioned it before but I didn't necessarily have any ambitions to be an entrepreneur I have to be honest I'd always be the person that told you that I'm not very good at sales and I yeah I don't really want to work for myself and I'm not very creative and da -da -da -da. and I had all of these beliefs about myself and my capabilities um, and then literally so I'd followed a very corporate career path into HR I became a HR manager I was very diligent did the right thing um you know very great employee I have to say they were very lucky to have me um <laughs> but but I was a single mom and I had three children that were under four so only one of them is at nursery and fortunately my mum was my caregiver at the time for the children which you know I'm so grateful for because it meant that I could sort of skip off to work safe in the knowledge that they're probably actually in safer hands <laughs> because she was the kind of mum that I wanted to be in that in that situation in that you know she she loved cleaning, loved messy play, that kind of thing probably actually did give me anxiety at home. <laughs> messy play yeah. always gives me anxiety, it's just the worst. <laughs> I know, and anybody that buys your children felt it pens or Play-Doh, like literally they're not your friends, they're uh, absolutely not your friends. <laughs> you always find it's the, it's the relatives or friends that don't have kids that buy them noisy toys. Yes! I found yeah. that when kids were little, it was always like, oh, I see. I can tell you've not got kids buying him a drum kit or a trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> and that person is always my brother. And he always likes to introduce like slime into the house. So it's quite um, exciting because he's had just had a baby. So I'm like, amazing. I've got Revenge so slime. much waiting for you. Yes. <laughs> slime and drum kits galore yeah. going towards his house. <laughs> 
optimism. So literally I turned up for work and obviously I guess that probably is a place where I did feel a little anxiety in the sense that I always felt like I had to be very apologetic for the fact that I had children. Um, and this is one of the reasons why um, I kind of feel so strongly and so aligned with uh, Jessica Cunningham, obviously from the Conscious Female Entrepreneurs, because she really changed my perception of what businesswomen look like, what was acceptable in the working place. But I really felt almost apologetic for the fact that I had children. You know, I never took flexible I didn't take much maternity leave at all. I didn't request flexible time. Um, I would still be doing my early mornings, my traveling, my late evenings. And it was it was just that sort of pressure that I felt that I had to keep going. And it's not our problem you had a baby. <laughs> and it's not our problem that you're a single mum. And it's not our problem that you, you know, you would probably want to pick your kids up from school and you can't. But so essentially, sorry, long-winded, but um no, I went it's, to it's really them. Stuff, this, people yeah, I had a really early morning meeting. So I turned up at my mum's house at 5 a.m. I mean, who would actually want to see me at that time anyway? But she was just such a saint and she'd be like, that's okay. Um and she'd had a stroke. Oh, and literally, wow. yeah, literally it was just a case of I can't have the kids, obviously. Um and that was the end of my career literally just like that um you know I tried to work with my bosses to see if there was some sort of flexible arrangement if they could allow me some sort of time to sort alternative childcare. but the reality was you know three children in full-time nursery or whatever it just wouldn't have been affordable and you know it was just completely out of my reach so then that and that wasn't something that I prepared for. It was an ambition. It wasn't an ambition that I was like, oh, amazing. This is my moment. It was, oh, my God, what the hell am I going to do now? There's like, a bit of anxiety for you. Yeah, my world's collapsed almost. Yeah, Yeah, literally. But I think um, with everything in me, in, this, in, in like common themes throughout my life, you know, I've had a really turbulent childhood, um, sort of quite similar with Jesse's, very traumatic um you know abuse abandonment like all of these things and I think to some extent that was my saving grace in the sense that I never I always had a great sense of perspective um but equally I never had it in me that I could ever give up because it was ultimately me myself and I so you know when things happen I never had that option to curl up into beds and um sort of you know just sort of reflect and feel sorry for myself I just didn't ever have that luxury and some in some ways that's a good thing and in some ways it's not because obviously you need to heal and reflect and you know take time to recoup um, and it's something that definitely bit me years later when I essentially had a burnout as an entrepreneur but that's where my journey began um, and again I didn't see it necessarily as a negative I mean I had to sell my house because obviously as a homeowner you're not really eligible for much support in terms of benefits um and literally that was the end of the world that I'd built and everything I knew like I was just so intent coming from a really poor background all you ever do is idolize people that have these really shiny glittering careers and you assume that that is where things are safe and that's where you're going to earn the money that you deserve and you're going to change your fortunes and your life for your kids and then when all of that's taken away um you know I'd only just sort of qualified uh, two years before um, and that was five years of hard slog as a single parent I graduated six months pregnant um, with my youngest wouldn't even let me walk across the stage how rude because they were scared that I might fall over in my heels they were like we are not you know insured oh. for this <laughs> I know <laughs> I was like what about if I take my shoes off <laughs> even though I'm you know I'm a very short person and pregnant it's just it's not a good look um, <laughs> <laughs> I just look like a weevil <laughs> um 
I love these moments we could clip for the future and I, I just look like a weeble is definitely going to show that. There's a good soundbite for you. <laughs> Um, so I literally put my heart and soul into this career and this company and this life plan and I had it all figured out and then literally it was all removed from me in just one sort of, I'm just going to pop to my mum's in the morning. Um, but it set me on a path that was even better than I could have expected. Um, obviously then I sold my um, home um, brought my own business so I, I bought a barbershop um, and just sort of and I relocated. So I literally went all in. So I went from Hertfordshire to Surrey, didn't know anybody, didn't have any support network, had three children under four. Um, I did have a business partner, which was my partner at the time. So fortunately, um, although we weren't partners at that point, we were just sort of really good friends. So it was a bit, it was an unknown leap. And that was probably my greatest moment of anxiety because it affected my children and I thought the decisions that I'm making now truly are life-changing mm -hmm. and you know what does that mean for them and am I doing the right thing like god the weight as a parent oh. to not ruin your children it's just it's, immense isn't it it's almost too it's just like, it's, I found it hard to choose their first names let oh. alone you know you're talking to someone called Bevan uh, imagine <laughs> if you will the pressure of choosing a child's name when you've lived your entire life and people going you are are you serious <laughs> so yeah it's and then to, to, to it's like I'm letting you into a secret here like everyone's listening I'm like, my middle name's John as well so my parents called me BJ Thompson I, it's just oh. not pleasant oh no well my daughter's Emily Burke so her name is A Burke <laughs> had to think long and hard about that one I, I bet yeah I best not laugh it's she's in the club <laughs> the bad names club. but no it's it is even that, like you say, the anxiety of being a parent and that kind of whole, the pressure and the weight of expectation yeah. and the comparison you feel, and yeah. the I mean, you know, is is my child talking yet? Is that the right time? Is they walking yeah. the time? Are they learning the alphabet? It's constant pressure, and to have that outside, yeah. moving to a new place, changing career, crikey! Like yeah. you did it all at once, say hey? Let's <laughs> get yeah, on. I've always kind of been like that. If you're going to do something, you might as well go the whole hog and, you know, go all in. Yeah. I've, I bet yeah, you're a heck of a funny, All in. <laughs> <laughs> <Sod it. laughs> yeah, it's quite funny, actually, because um, someone asked me, like, if somebody made a film about your life, what would it be? And I was like, well, it's either going to be Bridget Jones or it's going to be a carry on film. Because that theme, honestly, is just you can't even write it. If I ever write my life story, people are going to be like, no, I don't believe it. That's so um, much a Bridget yeah. on hybrid. Oh, I'm in. Especially a barbershop as well. Can you imagine? Like, I've got no experience in hairdressing, um, you know, and it's all men who were just like, well, how the hell are you the boss? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're all like six foot something, massive tattoos, really cool, like indie barbers. And there's me like five foot, <laughs> tiny. That's like, if you could just, this would be really lovely. And I know you've been doing your job for like 15 years, but... I thought it'd be really great if we did this. And they're like, no. So, <laughs> this is really okay. off the ball, but why did you choose the barbers if you'd never done it? Um, because it was just a ready-made business. Oh, right. it was, already, uh, oh, I see, right. So literally, yeah, it was just a business that was already established. It had a really great customer base. Um, and and why, why Kingston? I didn't know anybody here either, and neither did my partner. He was actually from a different part of Surrey. So, but we were just like, it looks really great. You know, the shop looks great. The location looks great. Winging wow. it. That's, you know, all I'm in? sure that's all they cover on The Apprentice. <laughs> like, 
don't look at me with my business acumen of nothing. <laughs> um, isn't that such a yeah. great inspiration for people who are listening? Like you think, you, you know, you have those moments where you're like, my life's collapsed. You know, your mum's you, yeah. not well. You, you've you lost the job that you, you thought was the sort of almost be all and end all of it. And all of a sudden this entire new door opens that you would never thought you'd ever get. In. If someone had said to you a year before, you know, you're going to be running a barber shop. You'd have probably laughed yeah, at Yeah, I, oh, I would have absolutely laughed. I'd be like, what do you mean? And also I was never that, I was just so um, ingrained in doing the right thing and what I thought was the right thing. I never would have taken risks like that at that point. I just, I wasn't conditioned in that way. Um, it was all about being super safe, playing small, you know, making sure that you had your pension and you save monthly and you don't live beyond your means. And, you know, you get your holiday once or twice a year and you're grateful for that. Um, and yeah, it, it's just like the universe was like, to do that we're not going to give you that we're just going to do this <laughs> okay, sure is that. we're not going to we're not going to let that is it millionaire isn't it that's it you want to give you that <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's it you're, you're conditioned from a very early age and i was the same my mum was a bank manager my dad was a civil servant it's like you turn up you get your money you go on your holidays yeah. you pay your mortgage you're a good boy you do exactly yeah. what you're told and it's that yeah. shift from that mindset to an entrepreneur mindset is yeah it's massive it's like you're leaping off a cliff Oh, 100%. And I was also a person, even though I worked in HR, that really needed to be liked. Um, you know, I liked, um, I hate to tell people what to do. I felt really uncomfortable about that. Um, and I'm, I am a bit like that, even with my children, which my partner just pulls his hair out because he's like, you've got to lay down the law. And I'm like, but I don't want to suppress their personalities. And I just want to let them be them. And I'm just here to nurture. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, for God's sake, just give him a bedtime. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> But, you know, you have to appreciate they're all individuals and they're going, you know, different stages. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just me wanting absolutely no commitment or um, responsibility for how they turn out. I'm not sure. Or just minimal responsibility. Okay. I didn't um, give up that time. wasn't my decision. Yeah. <laughs> or I am just a really nurturing person and I'm just really intuitively led. I'm not sure. We'll we'll see, I guess, in another yeah, 10 time years. Time <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's the second one. I'm absolutely sure. So... <laughs> How, so leading on to like your your coaching side and, and what you do is like a mindset yeah. and a business coach what would you say is your it has has your past sort of led to to oh absolutely what yeah and what's so like your sort of what's Rebecca's secret sauce that you sprinkle on things to make <laughs> super well sweet? I think I did everything the hard way and I definitely learned all the lessons um in terms of you know I come from a very corporate background that was also very masculine led because it was a, a construction company so I, I was one of four women in a company of 1300 men. So I'd used, I'd been used to being very direct, very focused, very goal orientated. And I almost prided myself on that approach. And that almost that I just was so out of touch with my femininity that I just, I was like one of the guys that I spoke one of, like one of the guys I'd worked like I had no commitments at home. And I almost prided myself on that because it was an identity that I'd attached yeah. to my job and to myself. Um, and then as I became a business owner and I realized actually that, you know, I could be the nicest person in the world. People are not going to like me anyway because I pay their wages and because I'm telling them what to do. And because it's just the culture to moan about your boss, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just kind of on your own. I can moan about myself, which is a bit weird. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
but I just kind of all elements of ego and needing to be liked and everything else just ultimately fell away as the more years that I was in the business um, and the more that people came and went and I started learning lessons for myself and, and sort of getting that self-confidence as a person that you, you know you may have been barbering for so long but I've been in this location for so long and I know this client base and da, 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 and I really got to know my business that that gave me a new sense of confidence but then when I looked around at other small business owners in the high street so I feel quite passionate about physical businesses in the high street um but also other women that I knew that were entrepreneurs and you know everything was very much about side hustle and a bit of pocket money like nobody seemed to really want to become the main income earner in their house or to earn the six figures or to do the work necessarily that it takes to get to that point and I just felt a bit disappointed really and I thought I need to start inspiring people and breaking it down and some of these societal conditioning so that they know that it is possible for them so I'd already started to like venture into some elements naturally of coaching I think it's just because I'm bossy and you know can't help myself um so I started in that sense um already like mentoring students at the university and get involved in females and business programs sort of locally with the uh, chamber of commerce and then and then I met Jeff <laughs> and uh, so that's Jessica Cunningham for the CFE. It was on um, last week, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so she actually came to me as my business coach, and this was a few years ago now, um, because I was looking to open a ladies' hair salon, uh, and just as another sort of element to my business, I had really big ambitions. And then as we went through the process, I realised that it's just a case of me wanting to necessarily I've seen an opportunity and I want to go with it and it, it would make good business sense but actually the more I went through the process I realized that it doesn't make me happy and no amount of more money is going to make me happy if it's in the wrong business like and I just I went through a process of burnout so I started the salon anyway because that's the kind of person I am I've started so I'll finish um, <laughs> and then I think literally within six months I had invested my heart and soul and I lost my business um, yeah, so literally I'd put, I'd done everything wrong. I'd, you know, I had one day's maternity leave with my last baby. And, um, and I think the universe always knows when it's the right thing for you and when it's not. And when, when you go into something that isn't with an intention that's aligned with your values, it's never going to work. And I've learned that the hard way in the sense that I felt a sense of duty and, you know, I've taken on staff. Um, it's a good concept, so it should go ahead. And actually everything in me was saying, but it's not, yeah, it's a good concept, but it doesn't mean that you have to do it. And no. yes, there's a gap in the market, but it doesn't mean that you have to do it. And I was a bit like, no, 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 I'm just going to carry on regardless. And um, it literally just didn't work. There wasn't, and there's no rhyme or reason. You know, when I look back now, I mean, obviously the fact that the high street is declining didn't help, but, you know, we had the best branding, we had the best um, strategies, we had the best um you know, uh, sort of ethos and, and everything else, services. I'd invested so much in start, like the best staff, but ultimately the people that I was bringing in weren't aligned with the, the brands and the vision and the, they didn't want to work. So every time I wasn't there, they would be, you know, taking selfies, they'd be taking extended lunch breaks. And, mm. and that's essentially why it wasn't for me, because I knew at that point, I don't want to work seven days a week. And mm. I don't want to be here seven days a week. I don't want to be, um, you know, just doing all those hours. And for somebody that would be their absolute dream. But for me, it wasn't. And I, I'd sort of become more comfortable with the fact that 
I don't need to do all the things because I've not got to prove anything to anybody now, actually. If I want to spend time with my kids and I want to have a bit of balance and alignment and be bloody happy, that's okay. Like, who am I doing all this? Who am I being a martyr to? And like, you know, hustling and grinding, like who says I have to do that? I don't have to listen to anybody else's perspective of what a businesswoman should be and it was only when I was working with Jess that she essentially gave me permission to just she's like I've got kids I don't work 24 hours a day nor do I pretend that I am nor do I you know have ambitions to build businesses that would require me to so if you don't want to do this anymore there's absolutely no shame in it um and essentially I lost the business and um that again was another point in the universe where it was like well, what the hell am I going to do now? Because it was really sudden um, where literally it just got away with from me. And um, it's something I really, I really hated talking about because I saw it as a point of shame mm-hmm. and that I'd lost a business. So can I claim that I'm a successful businesswoman? I still have other businesses that are successful, but that one in particular was like a real sore spot because I'd put my heart and soul into it. But then equally, not really, because it wasn't, <laughs> you know, as much as I, I put all my great ideas and, creativity into it it wasn't aligned with where I saw my life going you know if anything I want to work less I don't want to be working more so I don't know why I'd build a business that would would require that level of commitment from me but again it, it turned around really quickly so it went from it's okay it's okay if we just you know have a really great month we can turn it around to oh my god if we don't draw a line now we're gonna have bailiffs at our home and that was for me like really sobering where I was like look it just doesn't matter about me anymore. And I don't care if people think I'm a failure. Um, you know, I've learned a lot through this process and um, just obviously had to draw a line. But equally, I had no backup plan because no. I also had the faith that it would work out. So again, it was another turning point from the universe where it was like, we're not going to let you have that. We're going to take that away. And uh, you're going to start again. Um, because I'd already sort of signed over the other businesses to my partner. So I was like, wow now I really don't have a bloody clue what I'm going to do um and that's where coaching kind of came in for me I had a like I had a bit of a breakdown had like a real emotional burnout because like my mum passed really suddenly um so it was like a series of unfortunate events this is what I joke about whenever anything happens I never do just we're not just going to make you lose your business no no my it's a bit personal but my sister was also sectioned um and she has two small children so I ha- I became like guardian of them so as the business is going through the final stages of like wrapping it up and letting the staff go I'm having to cart around two children that aren't at school with me them from and you know all of this just wow. absolute nightmare I know I'm obviously devastated because I'm thinking like I've let my kids down you know that was our financial like part of the financial plan and you know and I put my personal money into it so I'd compromised our family really you know dipped into my personal savings to pay people's wages because I just wanted to do the right thing um, responsible and felt like you want to do the right thing I do the same absolutely. yeah yeah so um so that was super fun and then obviously my mum passed and it was again as sudden as what had happened before in the sense that you know I saw her one day and then my brother phoned me in the evening it was like I tried to call mum and I can't get hold of her shall I just pop around because I'm starting to feel a bit weird and literally she'd had a um like a massive heart attack that we weren't even aware of she wasn't even sick um but it was it was super sudden so she would have been dead before she sat down and that was for me 
just the absolute turning point in life in the sense that I am no longer doing anything, but not one thing, not one more day that doesn't serve me um, because I still felt like she had so much more. Like even the day before she was like, oh, well, when I get a bit more money, I'm going to do this. And when this happens, I'm going to do that. And if I could just sort the garden out, I'll be happy this summer. And just, I mean, her dreams weren't big, don't get me wrong. She no, wasn't a big thing. It's that, but... yeah, it's that stop living for tomorrow. Like start yes. going for it yeah. now. We're only here for a, a slot of time. And, and if you spend every day going tomorrow, I'm going to do this tomorrow, I'm going to do that. Yeah, you've got to be happy in the moment in that every single, every single blimmin' day is important and it counts. Um, and that for me was the turning point. And I literally I I gave myself like this time I gave myself a little bit of grace. I think it was like a week <laughs> to cry and to sort of mourn everything because it was the morning of everything. And I also lost a baby. I was pregnant at the time. So and I broke my hand. Also, it was just literally you could. And then I'm trying to like one handed deal oh, with the kids and everything else and my sister's children. And, you know, just this overwhelming sense of like, oh, my God, I've completely mucked it up and everybody's going to be affected, and da 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 So I felt like that for like a week, and then I was like, do you know what? A week, I, I really... <laughs> just a week, it's just like... I know, but I really leaned into my spirituality, and that is essentially what saved me, and I thought everything happens for a reason. I have not come this far to only come this far. Like, there is a bigger plan here, and I think all of the, you know, even from like early childhood suffering abuse, that's something that could have left me at a point in life stuck, and that could have been my identity, but I had enough determination nation fighting me to think this is not my life this is not who I am it's not going to define me it's not going to affect my future and I gave myself permission in that moment as well to do the same again I've had to reinvent myself several times throughout life but thank god that we get that chance to do that and I'm still not even 40 so I'm I'm planning to annoy my kids till I'm like 90 100 at least yeah I'm like Madonna I could reinvent myself 50 times between now and then I'm going to be this really annoying old man. That's my plan when I go. <laughs> yeah, that's my ambition in life is to also be smug and annoying. So I'll be like, oh, your kid's really annoying. Oh, what a shame. They won't go to bed. Oh. <laughs> that's the next reinvention. That's the smug years. <laughs> yeah. This is, this um, like you say, your, so your story would be amazing. I know. So that's where I kind of leaned into my coaching and I just really stripped it back to basics. And I thought if I didn't care what... Susan on the school run thought as to whether I was a successful businesswoman or a local business owner what would I do and without judgment and if it's going to work or if it's not I was like the, the only part of my journey recently like in the last couple of years has been coaching other women and empowering them and seeing them sort of flourish I was like that is what actually really brings me joy and Jess was one that really encouraged me to get into coaching so you've got that natural sort of heart-led approach and I've got good business acumen aside from what happened with the business with that one yeah and funny enough do you know what is so weird is that I spoke to um I was listening to a podcast and it was uh Simon Cowell was on it and he obviously explained about how he you know I mean he's I think we can all say how successful he is and also Richard Branson I was listening to something with both them uh, something else on it and obviously Virgin has had more failures than successes Mm. but we only ever hear about the successes so no one remembers Virgin Cola or Virgin wow. Brides, or like their space program, or something. I don't know. Oh, that's loads oh, of... isn't it? They, but they've had like a they've had like a couple of accidents or something. Yeah, but it's about like a space tourism thing. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there's loads of things that he launched out of you know because he had that creative desire, but it had no you know business 
um, foundation and it didn't work. And the same with, so I saw, so I listened to this podcast with Simon Cowan. This is what really truly made me lean into my spirituality. And it was all about how he'd lost his first business and in his thirties and essentially had to start from nothing again and I was like wow if this story doesn't resonate from me and he had to get a cab home to his parents and he wasn't sure if he could pay for it like that was all the money he had in the world and obviously from there that's when his life began so I that really resonated with me and I thought you know what I'm going to manifest a meeting with Simon Cowell I'm going to tell him one day about how much that story meant to me because it's just sometimes you can hear things at the right time and at the right moment and it just hits you and I thought yeah actually I've earned my stripes as a businesswoman this makes me better as a businesswoman because I've learned all of those I've gone all in and now I realize the places where I probably shouldn't have gone on in but you know I've done it with conviction and I've learned everything like I've literally the good the bad the ugly I've experienced all of it so I'm not a fair weather businesswoman that's only ever had the good times and never really put anything any skin in the game like I've literally had it all and um and you, you never guess what happened I told you, you can't write my life story. I literally, I was in Harrods um, like a week later because, and not because I can afford Harrods, but because um, they sell really good cupcakes. (laughs) When I was pregnant, I was obsessed with it. And my partner was like, do you want me to take you to Harrods? I was like, can we? I was like, that would make me feel so happy. Like the cupcakes were amazing. So we were like, just having a little mooch about, guess who I bumped into? Simon Cowell I saw him in Harrods and I literally I was so excited my partner was like don't you dare don't you dare don't you dare I was like, I've got to yeah he must have thought oh my god where is my security team because my energy was literally through the roof and I was like oh my gosh I manifested you he was like oh. <laughs> this woman turns up to you and goes I manifested you yeah <laughs> get a picture I was really upset but I was just like I had all this energy I had to tell him and I literally told him and he was like absolutely he was like you know what I believe in the law of attraction I believe in being an energetic match like honestly like he completely agreed and for me that was like a little nod from the universe like we've still got you this is all part of your bigger plan and you're still exactly where you need to be right now what a great story! I love that. That's the I reckon that's the last scene in, in film one before in three, <laughs> the sort of uh, you meet Simon Cowell. Me rugby tackling Simon Cowell in Harris. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, yeah, because it's Bridget Jones meets Carry On. So yeah, you put he probably falls down a set of stairs, falls face versus a cupcake. I know we have to work. Yeah. On that, but... <laughs> we'll have sure, a little bit more so... of a dramatic effect. <laughs> so what? Now you're in coaching and, and you're a coach yourself. What's what's like the biggest myth about coaching that you'd like people to, to stop? stop I think it's when people always tell me that they can't afford it. Like, I can't afford coaching. And it's almost like, but you can't afford not to. Like, because, because you're just taking all of the shortcuts. Like, any athlete, and most men, will invest in expertise when they need it. So if an athlete wants to improve their performance, they get a coach. And like my partners invest in personal trainers and people that he thinks will enhance his performance in some way. Um, yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how effective that was, but you know, good for him. He's, he's following the things that light him up. Um, but for us women particularly, we really struggle. And especially when we're solopreneurs, on like, you know, theme, small business owners, female entrepreneurs, we feel like we have to do it all. And that's what I love about the Conscious Female Entrepreneurs um, membership is essentially it's a shortcut. But it's also recognising that there is strength and power in the collective mindset. And, um, you know, one 
two heads are always better than one. And I think, you know, it's just sometimes you need people to tap into the potential that you don't even see in yourself. Um, and that's what happened with Jeff. You know. Almost like that third party sounding board that someone noticing something in you that you've not noticed, someone yeah. picking those, like, like you said with Jess, you know, working with you, she noticed certain skills within you that have led to your career yeah. now. And, and that's something allowing. that I wouldn't have even thought about. Yeah, I would never... You use the word allowing quite a lot and it's someone else allowing you to sort of, yeah. you know, make those decisions say, what would you do if you didn't think you could fail? That kind of yeah giving yourself permission absolutely to just have a go and understand that our lifetime please god is going to be a very long time so if it doesn't work out what's the worst that's going to happen so you've got a couple of years of really funny stories like me (laughs) like uh when i found like staff members getting up to no good uh when i popped in to cash up (laughs) you you know i've really got that in hr that's gonna make a great scene in the movie i'm looking forward to that bit yeah definitely (laughs) um and that yeah because I suddenly I become very motherly and very sensible and like do you know how unhygienic that is <laughs> yeah. well, that's obviously my main concern like the disapproving glare poor barbicide on it it'll be fine <laughs> yeah that absolutely cures everything by the way it's amazing well, if you read the label for covid I don't know yeah um so talking about your career I think we've talked about a lot of people actually already but are they are they sort of three people who have helped you in your career or your personal development so far that you'd like to sort of shout out and say shout hey. out even though yeah even though they probably never know because one of them is Oprah <laughs> but Oprah, you never I'll know you never Oprah. know might be able to manifest her um yeah absolutely I think for me particularly as well um you know in order to safeguard my mental health through the years and as part of my journey and transformation you know I've always recognized that you're you're the sum total of the five people that you spend your most amount of time with but Sadly for me, it wasn't a, a loving, supportive um, family that, you know, had ambitions and dreams. Like my mum and I sort of, re, you know, reunited when I was an adult, but I didn't grow up with my mum. I lived with like aunts, friends of family, parents, um, and none of them shared the same values or dreams, but I just always knew that there was more out for me. So I more for me out there, sorry, I always knew I was meant for more. And I'm not going through this right now because... I was a really bad person in a previous life and I'm just being punished. It's actually, I knew that there would be more to it. So um, I used to listen. So surrounding myself daily with other people almost became like my go-to because even as I got to my twenties, it's like, I was always super ambitious to have this, like, it's almost like if I ever dared myself to dream, it it would be a, a life that was a bit more than the ordinary, but I always seemed to attract people that were just very safe, like just very, like even going on holiday in my twenties, um, I had to go traveling on my own and with like partners and stuff, because my friends were just never that ambitious. It was like, we can go to Magaluf, we can go to Tenerife, but if you're talking about Brazil, let's not get crazy so I it's like I just never surrounded myself with those people so I would constantly be listening to like YouTube and podcasts and audiobooks and just knowing that I am not going crazy it's it's just I'm surrounding myself with the wrong people but you know I love them and I just need to find a way to protect myself from their energy but understand that just because what they're telling me is right isn't right I can listen to my own voice and I can find the people that are my tribe and do understand my ambitions so I used to listen to Oprah a lot because 
And this is something that's really important for me, actually. Um, obviously, she has a kind of similar, um, you know, turbulent childhood with abuse. And she always said that she just knew that that wasn't her life. And there's so many points in my life where I'm like, I am not meant to be bankrupt and living on the streets and on benefits. And no offense to anybody that is, but for me, my money and my time and my freedom are my greatest luxuries in life. And I will safeguard those to the death. Mm -hmm. You know, that for me, coming from a childhood where I had no rights and no personal freedom or control, I value that more than anything now. So I didn't want to be on benefits where people tell me how much I can spend on a weekly food shop or where my children will have to go to school or where I will have to live. Um, I just didn't want to sort of, you know, I just couldn't accept that. Actually, my grandma used to tell me that about, you know, she said, the only thing I can ever say to you, like the, the thing that kind of sums you up is like, grant me the serenity to understand the things that I cannot control and the yeah. wisdom to know the difference. Like that was never me. <laughs> I just could never accept anything that I was told. Um, so Oprah definitely, because she was one that, you know, just had come from such great adversity, but knew that that wasn't her life, knew that she was destined for more and felt it in her soul. So I really like aligned with her. Um, so I always listened to Oprah. Obviously, I mean, who wouldn't? Oprah is I'm like- you a couple of quid behind her at the bank as well. That wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Like, and I love that she was helps people and you know I thought god that's somebody that values really align with me when I'm when I'm really successful I'm going to be like Oprah um I think definitely Jess obviously because again she gave me permission to embrace the fact that I am a bit crazy <laughs> like as in a bit bubbly a bit outspoken high energy mm -hmm. and where I'd come from a really corporate background where that was always like tried to be stripped out of me and it wasn't deemed to be professional and sensible and blah, blah, blah. it just felt so nice and refreshing to be with somebody that's like no you go all in that's it, what makes you you this but, is one thing and, I found with with moving from corporate into coaching you know into you can be who you are and actually yeah. it becomes your brand and it becomes what you're about and yeah. you're not excuse my grandma's face keeping your light mm. under a bushel anymore god that's so old-fashioned yeah. but do you know what I mean you're not hiding that kind of any yeah. parts of your personality you're not having to conform to any kind of corporate the, the corporate look is you and it's what you want it to be yeah. that's the thing exactly i've really enjoyed and, it. and it's also a wealthy woman not necessarily looks like you but you know <laughs> looks like me <laughs> so that's a, that's know, something as well you know, connor looks a bit like me <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's understanding that we can literally you know whatever definition of success means to you it can come in whatever form you want it to you can control that like you are the master of your destiny and the the driver of your ship i don't know what's the word pilot no i have no idea I, the, the that, that's captain, a good question captain, captain captain of your ship i'm like what what is that word what do they I just do? Said they pilot and i'm pretty sure that yeah i'm pretty sure that they don't drive a ship like this like they're on i'd a like to watch one being driven like, like all over the place <laughs> why everyone's been sick and then I would probably say like all the horrible bosses and women that I've encountered in business throughout the years that have just sort of really for me cemented my moral compass in the sense that I do not want to be like you but thank you so much for the lesson and thank you so much for this experience and it's it's sort of made given me resilience and made me toughen up and maybe set my standards a little bit higher and you know I got I had one boss and she was just so awful she used to literally um like whenever I'd go in because I'm like a young kid so my version of like what a, you know a corporate woman should look like is like Melanie Griffiths from Working Girl in the 80s right. so I would be like really dynamic like shoulder pads and like you know just 
crazy, really cringe things, trainers with my um, pencil skirt. And um, she would be like, oh my God, like, what are you wearing? Like, da, 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 da. But I really learned, like, I, well, I learned banter. And I also learned to stick up for myself and just sort of, you know, think, I don't care what you think. But I think if she hadn't said it to me directly and in such a like aggressive um, tone daily, I don't think I would have ever really picked up on that. I, it would have been like a secret insecurity that I perhaps had because yeah. you can sense what people are thinking. But it gave you that chance it, to it think. Give you, you an insight yeah. to what it really was. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, really? Is that all you? And if that's all you can say is that you don't like me wearing trainers with a pencil skirt, that's absolutely fine. Like that's not a problem. I can live with that. that yeah, is okay. that the worst you've got? Yeah, really. Yeah, that that's means I'm doing something right. So that's fine. Um, and I do think you have to earn your stripes sometimes with these people as you're finding your way and finding your voice and what makes you you, you will encounter these absolute morons that just <laughs> that just sort of really cement that actually, yeah, I don't want to be like you. That's great. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've been reading a book about that recently. And it's like, I was, I've always thought, you know, you know, focus on positive things, what you want to be. What you, and yeah. a girl called Sarah Knight has written a book. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. It's about giving a shit anyway. Excuse my friend. <laughs> And um, her big point was use the sort of negative stuff as like almost revenge fuel for what you want yeah. to do. And I always thought, well, you know, look, look at things positively. And it was, well, it's gone against what I've been saying to people. But actually, yeah, is that being like a bit toxic? Don't want to be like gives yeah. you an idea of what you do want to be like. So yeah. in a way, it's right. And yeah, it's funny because I've just finished a book reading about exactly the same thing. So <laughs> good little segue into the next bit, actually. Yeah. Consider me a nudge from the universe that you're on the right direction, by the way. <laughs> Okay, good at this. Talking of books, oh, <laughs> is, is there one book that you you sort of really enjoy that you'd suggest our sort of watchers, listeners should get hold of and read? Absolutely, I have got it here. Actually. I love it. I love it. I got props. Whenever we do this, I've always got props. It's very exciting. Oh, actually, I've just realised I put my laptop on top of it, <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> so I don't have it here. Um, particularly during the pandemic, particularly because I'm pregnant at the moment with my fifth. And my first trimester has literally thrown me out of alignment. I've been so sick, never really experienced it with the others. So I sort of approached my pregnancy with a mentality like, it's fine, I can do this, no problem. And then obviously I got COVID over Christmas. Um, So going from like bug to horrendous morning sickness to having COVID and then just literally taking so long to recover from the exhaustion. Um, I really lost my mojo and um, I sort of, stop doing the daily practices that helped me to stay in alignment so essentially everything I teach my client now is about working in your feminine energy not about hustling grinding doing the things you think you should it's about building your business around what's important to you and making sure that every day you're in alignment so not doing all the things if you don't want to it's just doing the core things that are really going to add value to your business um but I'd essentially forgotten all of that so I wasn't doing my daily gratitude or my affirmations I wasn't spending any time on myself um no time to think so literally every day I was waking up in the morning and then obviously feeling super sick so losing time and then by the time I got over that it was like well and the day's under underway and we're off and I'd had no time to sort of center myself in the morning so um now I'm in the second trimester and I've suddenly got all this um like great energy I've been getting up again at 5am and this book has really helped me to like support sort of just sort of cement the 
the power of our minds. Obviously, I practice NLP, but every night before I go to bed, I always tell myself, because um, it was a really hard slog, like I was so out of practice and I, I really struggled for the first few days. And I was like, oh my God, if it's going to be this hard, it kind of goes out of everything that I'm saying about, you know, business shouldn't be hard. Um, but I just now tell myself every night before I go to bed, I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to feel super refreshed. I'm going to have all the sleep that I need and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to get up and have that time for myself. And I have, and I have, and it's been absolutely fine. I've got straight back into the routine, but that book just really like explains in layman terms how powerful you are when you set intentions, how powerful your mindset is when you command the things that you want it to, to do and respond and know. Um, but also the benefits of, you know, taking control of your day and, and starting every day with purpose and intention um, and being the, the captain of your own ship. <laughs> Pilot of your own boat. And what was the title again? I missed the title. Yeah. Right start, you, you cut out right at the start, so I missed the title and the writing. Oh, sorry, it's The Morning Miracle. But I, it's The Morning Miracle, but I also read, read the 5am... Is it the 5am Club? 5am Club, is it? Charmin. Yeah, I've started reading that one as well, but that one's more of a story. So I'm sort of simultaneously reading both, but just to try and reinforce myself that this is what I want and this time is important and I need to re-establish this habit that I'd got out of the habit of. So, and it's just been amazing. Like, honestly, my energy's through the roof. My focus is on point. I've My business has grown because I'm more centred and I'm more structured and organised. Um, and yeah, it's all just great. Brilliant. Definitely enough. try that one. Gets, gets mentioned. It's been mentioned by I think the last three people have been on as well. I must read that. Really, it's, it's so important. There you go. Yeah, so many people I I talk to about the pandemic and how are you coping and this sort of thing. It's all you know. They're just it's they're really down and they're really sort of aimlessly plodding through the days. And I think that's when the time really stacks up. And I'll always say to them, "What time do you get up?" And they're like, well, I just sort of get out whenever I feel like it. I'm like, what plans have you got for the day? Well, I don't really have any plans. And it's like, but even if you haven't got to go to work, you're still important. Like mm -hmm. your development, your growth, your enlightenment, your joy is important. Plan that into your day. You know, so, yeah. That's definitely. a good topic. And actually, yeah. segueing again to the next question. I've done this before, you know. <laughs> Is there a top tip that you'd give people to, to sort of improve their life in any way? Is, is that it? Is that the top tip? Um, I think so. I think for me, I've really lent in spirituality and that is something that um, has really helped me in the sense that everything is part of a bigger plan. We don't necessarily have to have all the answers now. The, you know, personal development is a journey. It's not a destination. But it's just that you, we're not here to like, sorry, I'm sort of going into lots of different topics, but I think it's just understanding that we're not here to survive and get through our lives. It's to thrive and be all we can be, um, you know, and just sort of evolve into whatever's coming next for you and just letting it be like, just keep following the things that light you up and be happy. You know, this is, this is probably one of the most inspirational chaps I've had on this. It's great. I just love the, yeah. the fact that, you know, you, you seem to have, risen over and over again and that's something that's really important especially for people who are suffering from anxiety and depression the sort of things I talk to my clients about it's that if you've got someone that you can look at and think crikey they've been there and they and they're there and where they are now it's yeah. that having someone to to look look up to almost and look, look toward and say you know wow if she's done that then you know you can do anything and and it's good and to have you on here and being so positive and so happy about where you've ended up it, it makes yeah. It, yeah so i'll be pleased for people to hear this because it's quite important and i'm, I'm hoping that the, the fact that my neighbors are drilling next door is not is not sort of cutting out your <laughs> but, um, well um, i can't hear it so it's fine that's all right, then. if you can't hear it, it means it's not coming through the mic that's great um 
I'm, I'm big into time travel. It's one of my big things. And I always ask questions about time travel. If you could yeah. go back in time and ask and sort of give a piece of advice to 20 year old Rebecca, what would you say to her? I think it would be just to sort of take a moment to think about actually, is this what you want really? Like before I set down that corporate path and put all of my energy and sort into, you know, building a career that wasn't necessarily going to go anywhere, but equally, I don't think I ever would have been fulfilled in that role actually, when I reflect on it now. But I just didn't give myself permission to dream at that age. I just felt like your 20s for getting your head down, earning the money, getting a house, like just sort of, you know, putting all the foundations in place so that you can have a really great and affluent 30s. Um, whereas now, when I look at the millennials, or I think it's millennials, isn't it? Like the 20-somethings now, are they millennials? Um, me. <laughs> yeah, like I, I speak to obviously a lot of women and a lot of them are a lot younger and they've just, they have a completely different mindset to us. And I, I think, wow, if I had that mindset and I'd given myself permission to work for myself, like that was never even an option that I would have even thought about or considered. And yet I've proven that I'm far more capable than I ever would have told myself at that time like if I put that level of commitment and heart I've always had it I just gave it away to everybody else hmm. if I put that into my own business like where could I be now how much further on in my journey could I be would I would I even live here would I be living somewhere abroad would I I'm sure my life would have turned out completely different as much as I'm grateful for the journey but it's like that's the only thing I would have said yeah. it's giving yourself just... again it's about giving yourself permission isn't it back in the age of 22 to to, to go like yeah no, no one I knew but my granddad he was a businessman but he owned a shop so it was like I never saw that as being what I saw as a businessman was like shoot top hat you know it was yeah. like Mr Monopoly almost yes. <laughs> it was for me they were other people like when I was growing up yes. I was other, so I had to go and work for one of those business people rather than be yeah. that business person and yeah I know what you mean it's giving yourself that permission to say no no you, you can be one of those those you weren't looking to emulate Melanie Griffiths from Working Girl then, no? No, no. Well, that's on a weekend. We've discussed that before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is, I like this question. In fact, these are my last two questions. You'd be pleased to know. You'd be able to go and get a, go and grab some lunch or whatever. Um, what's the one question? Is that because I'm pregnant and I like to eat? <laughs> no, no. It's just because I know that my kids would be like scratching at the door soon. Like, yeah. where's <laughs> Had all the snacks. Now where's the lunch? What's even snacks in lockdown? It's so true, isn't it? I was literally negotiating through like a crack in the door the other day because I was on a live. I was literally like, does that whatever you want? Is that, <laughs> did he give them snacks at school? Because like literally, my daughter's constantly like, oh, I could do with a snack. I'm like, hang on, this school budget must be massive the amount of snacks. Yeah, I know, but I have also introduced like elevenses and mm. like afternoon tea and all this at the, ha at the house as well. There you go. We're on Dairyly Dunkers and you're on afternoon tea and 11s. It's spicy. Anyway, um, yeah, what's, what's the one question you would have liked me to ask you, but I haven't? Um, probably, oh, I don't really know. I don't really know. I think I probably told you more than you wanted to know anyway, but um, oh, I no, think... Yeah, I think um, manifestation and spirituality and feminine energy and divine energy and understanding our personal powers. I think that's something that needs to be talked about more because, again, it's not something that I ever heard about before I met Jess and fell down the rabbit hole of spiritualism. Um, but it's it's amazing how much we already know ourselves and mm. how much we just need to listen to our intuition. So I think anything around that and just sort of leaning into to those inner voices, um, not the critics, obviously, we don't listen to the, excuse no, no. my French, the shitty committee, we ignore those. 
<laughs> there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing constructive about them at all they just have time on their hands um but yeah all the other little voices that are like oh, i'd quite like to do this wouldn't it be great to do that do it and see what happens because mm. you never that's where the magic is and you never know what's going to happen the magic's just obviously over that cliff isn't it so it's just it, yeah, yeah obviously don't invest your house and everything else in it necessarily at the beginning but you, you never know it worked <laughs> out for me <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've, got, I've got a question for you, but I'm going to ask you just in, I'm going to wait for your question in case it's the same one, because it might be. Um, so, you know, on, on my podcast, I have like a guest's chain question. The previous guest asks you a, you a question and, and then you ask a question yeah. for the next one. And last week, obviously, we had Jess on and she asks if um, something, if, what was it now? I'm trying to get the wording right. If they took something from you, that's it. What's, what's the one thing that you wouldn't like taken away from you and why? What's the thing you can't live without, basically? Oh, definitely my family. Like my kids, uh, like I'm weirdly obsessed with them. It's just oh. they are my greatest joy. I know they're all like, "Oh my god, you again!" Even the like my toddler who's two, who was like an absolute mummy's boy, is like, "Enough now!" Yeah, she <laughs> says, "Mummy, enough." I'm like, line, "You know about five words, and that's one of them, really." <laughs> that's that's where your development went. Um, bless him. He's like, "Enough now." Um, but honestly, like they're my moral compass, they're my joy, my gratitude, everything. And they've given me, again, so much permission to lean into what makes me happy. You know, for years, if I didn't have them, I think I would be like, oh, you know, feeling the pressure of I should work more, I should do more, I should da da da. But now I'm like, no, like they've given me such a bigger picture about what life is about and, um, you know, how happiness that's my success like am I happy are my kids happy have we got a beautiful home like gratitude all of that it's all come from being a mother and again knowing like your capabilities because it's amazing what I can do with one hand while breastfeeding a baby <laughs> that, that's going in the notes as well <laughs> that's fantastic yeah I like that so that's great in fact kids have, have taught me an amazing thing as well as how annoyed I can get over strange little things and how yeah. much my dad I am is that light switches and heating? <laughs> We're not made of money. <laughs> no, don't say that. You're giving them limiting beliefs around money blocks. <laughs> this is this is my dad. You see, this is this is where it all comes from. But yeah, yeah, I, I found myself. I, I didn't realize how much I was like my dad until I had children. Yeah, I that's when it, I always say that's my partner. Actually, I was like, oh my god, you're such a dad. I and I'm like, he's like, well, you're such a mum. I'm like, I'm not like a regular mum. I'm a cool mum. Like the well, uh, I... like mean girls. And my kids are with my oldest daughter's like 10 so she's actually watched Mean Girls because I forgot about how sexualized it is you know, I just thought it was a really funny Lindsay now oh, it's my secret thing I'm a big fan of Lindsay Lohan it's not become less secret because oh I mentioned her on the podcast about 50 times already because oh. and so you know what's really funny is that my daughter we were we were out somewhere and um there's a line in it where it's about something about being half a virgin and um we were we were watching it and my daughter went oh mommy she's like you I was like what <laughs> what and she went, you know because you only eat meat every now and again like you're vegan I was like oh okay. <laughs> yeah my daughter has to watch it the other day and I was like I mean I've watched it a lot um yeah, but I hadn't watched it in years I forgot how inappropriate like, it was no, do you know I said you know what you probably wait another couple of years yet to watch that I don't want to be faced with the questions really uh Yes, and there are a lot of questions that come out of that, that film not, from a 10-year-old. anymore, and so she's back <laughs> at work, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can deal with the questions when she's here. Brilliant. So what's your question for next week's guest? I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm just going to leave you. Oh, so I guess I'm always interested in what does success look like for you? 
that's always something that really interests me like I really love to understand like people's motivations and their end goals and when they feel like they would have achieved it like when when are you going to be living the dream like what does success mean to you I think it's different for all of us isn't it it is. That's a brilliant question. Oh, my word. That's going to be like a, that could be an entire podcast. Huh? <laughs> there you go. Oh, see, basically what I've done is just pitch myself as like a really caring contributor. <laughs> <laughs> Our show would be great. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> I was, I'm so you know not what? looking for a business partner. <laughs> hey, guy, hey, this this could be, we'd, we'd be talking for hours. We're not going to be done. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> my question for you would have been, actually, who would play you in the movie, this Bridget Jones crossover Carry oh my on. god well I'd like to think it was like Jennifer Lopez or Catherine Zeta-Jones but it would probably be like somebody I don't know <laughs> somebody who doesn't oh, well, anything like that I'm trying to work out more like Renee the bit part of me interviewing you about it yeah I try, I'll, I'll work on that I'll come up with something <laughs> I had my glasses on the other day someone said Greg Wallace I was like oh cheers <laughs> <laughs> anyway think of, think of the perks everywhere you go the great service you would get Oh, yeah. Good quality food. Yeah, just turn up and go, lovely. Get me that. Smash it. Yeah, I think you should lean into that. Lean into the Greg Wallace vibe. <laughs> Brilliant. But honestly, I am so appreciative of you coming on and being so honest and open and just being yourself. It's been absolutely brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. And I think people will get a lot Aww. from your story. I really do. It's been great. Thank you. And thank you for giving me permission to be me. Oh, anytime. Anytime at all. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Step up to the